I'm Denise. She's a non-fiction editor. And I'm Louise. She's a fiction editor. And together, we're the Editing Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Editing Podcast. So this week, we're going to be chatting about networking tips for editors and proofreaders. That's right. And we're delighted to welcome two guests who are going to help us do just that. Two people who know so much about it, they wrote a book about it. Indeed, they did. So a very special hello to our colleagues, Brittany Dowdle and Linda Ruggeri, two professional editors. And the co-authors of Networking for Freelance Editors. Hello, you two. This yes. is Linda. And <laughs> I just can't believe we get to be the guests of episode 84. <laughs> can I can I say this, that Brittany and I, I've been wanting to say this forever, we're beyond chuffed to be right here. <laughs> right, Brittany? Yes, exactly. Well, thank you so much for asking us to join you. We're, we've been so excited to be able to be here. Oh, we're so, so glad to have you both. So we'll talk about networking tips in a moment. But first, Denise and I would love to chat about the book. It's one thing to present a webinar or write a blog about networking, but quite another to create a full blown book. So what made you decide to write it? Well, a couple of years ago, Linda and I volunteered to co-direct the Welcome Program, which is an outreach of the Editorial Freelancers Association's Diversity Initiative. I know that's a mouthful. <laughs> um, <laughs> and one of the goals of the program is to help new members build their professional network. So as we worked with our fellow editors, a lot of them who were newcomers to editing or just newcomers to freelancing, we realized how challenging networking can be and that as important as it is, no one really teaches us how to do it. Um, it's all trial and error for the yeah. most part. Mm. Yeah. yeah, so, <laughs> and we've all been there, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So we thought that writing this book would be a way to share what we've learned so that other editors who are starting out have the tools that we've had to learn along the way. Because I think we've all benefited from you know, mentors and other editors who've been um, in the business longer than we have. And so you always want to do your part to kind of help the other people who are coming up or who are just getting into the industry. Yeah, that's lovely. Absolutely. I think that as Brittany mentioned, you know, we, we meet editors and we've met editors throughout the different organizations that we belong to. And we keep seeing, we kept seeing that over and over again, freelance editors were struggling with the same topics like how do I find work and what organization should I join? And you know, what does my online profile need to look like? And how many chocolate croissants can we eat in one day? Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, how do I connect with a big five publisher? And we knew that we had learned, we were learning how to effectively network and that maybe with all this information we were gathering, what we were learning, we could help freelancers like us answer all of these questions. And like Brittany said, we've benefited so much from the wisdom and the generosity of the entity community throughout our careers that we felt that writing this book was a great way to give back. But also, I'm going to add to this, that Brittany and I, we belong to a little mastermind group. And with the gals of this group, we've always been interested in how to grow our business. How do we make it more sustainable in the long term? And what can we do better and more efficiently or more effort effortlessly? So Brittany and I both have read so many different books on business. You know, we've read articles and blog posts that we had all this information that we knew we could share this with other editors. So putting all of that in a book really made sense to us. Yeah. 
I think that's I, I think what you said there, I think it's great that you, you've written a book specifically for editors, because I think it is such an issue, like you say, you've identified with so many editors who, I, you know, we tell them you've got to network, you've got to get out there and you've got to network. But, you know, what does that mean and how do you do it? Mm. I think people can feel quite overwhelmed with it really um and, and and I also think it's lovely that you're framing it that you're giving back to the community because I think we've all benefited uh, you know earlier in our careers from the generosity of others and their willingness to share information in the mm-hmm. community and it's lovely mm-hmm. to be in a position where you can be the one that's doing that now so we'll make sure that there's a link to the book in the show notes but let's dig into some of the nitty-gritty around networking and you know as I've already said I'm sure some people are listening and going oh networking it's marketing and I don't like marketing because I'm an introvert and so I'm not going to like this and I won't be able to do it so so what do you think I mean do, do you need to have a specific type of personality to be good at networking no not really <laughs> <laughs> good to hear <laughs> no really I mean you know, we've met literally hundreds of editors through it in the last couple of years through all the volunteer work that Brittany and I do. And what we've come to see is that networking is available to anyone. You have to do what comes naturally to you. But I think the secret really is to be successful. You do have to know yourself and you have to know who you, you know, you're trying to reach and why you're trying to reach them. And once you have that info, you can plan how you're going to reach them, when you're going to reach them, and where you're going to reach them. But it really stems from knowing yourself, I think, first. Exactly. And and one of the things that we discuss in the book is how to find the place where what comes naturally to each of us, which is our own personal communication style, where that intersects with the activities that we tend to think of as networking. Because in order to network effectively, you really need to know what your comfort zone is and work with it rather than against it. Because so often if you're telling yourself, oh, I need to do this, or I should be doing this this way, you know, that that can tend to build up a bit of internal resistance. So instead of trying to make yourself do things that you're not comfortable with, if you work kind of with the flow, I think that there are a lot of benefits to that. So If you're, let's say, more comfortable networking online rather than in person, um, and right now, you know, with the pandemic, that's what a lot of us have had to do, Mm, but mm. even if that just comes naturally to you, that's fine. You can build a strong network networking that way, and if you're not into social media and you'd really rather network in a more direct person-to-person way, that's fine too. You can still build a vibrant network either way. You just need to know... um, know what is your what's comfortable for you but then sometimes be willing to stretch that a little bit because there are times when we're just afraid of trying something new and then it turns out that we really enjoy it and Mm. so yeah I think that's such an important point because um networking isn't one thing is it it's a it's a big thing that incorporates lots of and 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 listeners need to take that away I think but that that what I the, the way I do my networking might not be the same way as someone else does their networking and and right. and and you're absolutely right as well I love that thing that you said about how about the giving yourself the opportunity to stretch because sometimes when you try when you start with a thing 
that you're most comfortable with, that can give you a confidence boost. And then it feels a little more comfortable because at least you've got the foundation there. Like I've done it this way and that felt good. So maybe I can just dip my toe into this area now. But uh, yes. if, if you, you, you start by, you know, you, 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 you build your, your foundation with going back to that thing that Linda said about, you know, starting from that place where you understand what kind of person you are. And, and so, so it might help those listeners who are sitting on the fence, all those who've decided that they're not even going to climb it in the first place to hear about <laughs> some of your positive networking experiences. Can you chat about those? What were they and what impact did they have on you? Sure. So I think, um, you know, in, in looking over my career, many of the best projects that I've, I've had have come through my network. Um, because, you know, when you share your passion for editing and the work that you do with people who are in your circle of acquaintances, that can bring projects to you that are, you know, more vetted, that are a better fit for you because they're coming from people who know you and they know, you know, they trust you. So, um, and, and by the way, quite often they're, they're better paid jobs because you're not competing for them based on price, but based on value, but for specific projects, you know, one that comes to mind for me is um, recently I completed a project uh, about the history of dirt track motorcycle racing in the U.S. Um, <laughs> you, you might also know it as flat track racing, but um, so motorcycles are a big part of my life. It's how I met my husband. It's what he did for a living and a mutual contact in the motorcycle industry knew I was an editor and recommended me to a publisher and an author who were working on this huge monumental project, <laughs> which it was like, took years to complete, but it was recently published and it's amazing. But and it's roaring, a roaring success. <laughs> it is. Trying it's... to segue in a, a motorcycle. <laughs> it's really cool. So it's, it's just, it, I love it because I feel like it's a, you know, it's a piece of history, but yeah. You know, the neat thing about that project was that besides being good from a business perspective, it was also just a really rewarding experience for me because I got to help preserve this, you know, special part of motorcycle racing history. Oh. And I got to, you know, to work one-on-one -on -one with this, with a really amazing author. Um, but I guess, you know, bringing it back, these are the types of projects that your network will, you know, bring to you and that you in turn can also um, sometimes you'll bring into the lives of other network or other editors because you're networking networking goes both ways right and you've pointed to something I'm really important that listeners need <laughs> to pay attention to is that your network we're not just talking here about editorial networks we're talking about right. lots and lots of different networks in your life um, to do with you know the, all sorts of different things so we don't need to limit ourselves to the existing communities that we're aware of um they exactly. might be they might be outside um yeah and that's the, where you can get those dream projects because mm, it's that mm. intersection of the work you do but perhaps it's the 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 topics and hobbies that you have love and yeah. passion for yeah. and mm -hmm. what's better than getting paid to do a job that you love the subject you know and you, and you feel connected to it in a yeah. way that you don't necessarily with other um projects from other parts of your you know your more professional networks and I think that's the, the really nice opportunity that we get when we think of our network more broadly 
my husband's mm-hmm. going to be so jealous when he listens to this because he um he's about to he just passed his full motorcycle test he's been oh. riding for years but um this is completely nothing to do with editing I'm just throwing this in um <laughs> but he he's he's going to buy a really big fat royal Enfield at the weekend oh nice. and he's so excited yes. and the idea that if, if he had if I had worked on the book that you worked on Brittany he would have been actually interested in my work for once there you go <laughs> anyway as you were <laughs> so Linda you must have some good stories too oh my gosh I have like so many little great networking stories but I think I'll share two um two of the ones that I guess have touched me recently one of them happened a few years ago I I like to write on the side and I went to a writer's convention for the writer's digest here in LA a few years ago And one evening I attended a presentation where the speaker was talking about how to do a virtual book tour. And this was like before the pandemic, which I think is so mind blowing to me um, Mm -hmm. for those of us that couldn't travel maybe. And that night there was a reception. So I saw him there, I walked up to him and said, thank you because these ideas had really inspired me basically because I do a lot of author coaching as well. So to help my clients maybe expand their marketing, book marketing plans and what they could do in terms of um, book marketing outside of their comfort zone with these, you know, uh, virtual presentations. And we exchanged email addresses. We stayed in touch. He happened to be actually a ghostwriter also, and he owned a small publishing house. And ever since then, I will collaborate with him on a lot of his projects. So if he picks up on a project for ghostwriting services, he'll hire me as developmental editor. And on the same token, I have a lot of contacts in Latin America and he's written a series of books of YA books that he's trying to get published in South America. So I've been able to open up my South American network so that he can contact them and hopefully sell the rights to one of his books down there. So. That's one of the great, you know, stories for me about something that's not within my editorial community, but out of it, and it it can still be successful and it still brought me Mm -hmm. business and opened a lot of doors. And my second networking story is a little bit more local and more recent, but basically the week that the book came out, this is a few months ago, a colleague of mine was reading it and she texted me one evening, me and another editor. And she said that, you know, I belong to this one organization and I've been getting their newsletter for 14 years, but I've never attended one of the meetings that they have. So tonight I took a page out of Brittany and Linda's book and I attended a virtual meeting that they had. And guess what? I met a fellow editor who lives in my area and also edits in my industry. So that was kind of exciting. And I thought, oh my God, this is so cute. But then <laughs> two days later, I get another text message from her and she's like, you're not going to believe this, but we're meeting tomorrow for virtual coffee and to talk. And I was like, wow, this is really going well. And then Friday, in the same week, that Friday, we get another message and that she was thrilled because they had had virtual coffee. And it turned out that the editor that she had met at that meeting worked with a company that she had been wanting to contract with for a very long time. And they were already sharing resources and she was able to give this new editor also the context that she had where she was contracting with. So all in all, you know, when she, I remember she always tells me this, all it took was, you know, for 14 years, I've been getting this newsletter and never having the courage to engage. And it just took engaging in one virtual online, you know, meeting yeah. for all of this to come out. All so, these doors opened. Absolutely. Right. In such and, a short amount of time as well. Yes. yes. Yeah. 
and I think what's interesting there is what you touched on there is that I think sometimes editors, um, maybe not editors that are more embedded in our communities, but maybe newer editors worry that other editors are competitors, but mm -hmm. and that maybe that's not where you should be networking. But that's a lovely example of how networking with your colleagues actually opens professional doors to you and that we're not all you know that that other editor was wi willing to share contacts with her there and and help her with open to new opportunities and and I think that's what's really lovely about the editing community in general is that we it, it's one of the most supportive professional yes. networks that right. I think you mm. could you could be involved in Absolutely. It really is. In fact, years ago, I remember talking to a couple of professional marketers and they were really shocked when I told them about the kind of collegiality that exists within our community internationally. Mm -hmm. And um, they were horrified that, I mean, genuinely <laughs> horrified that people would be so helpful to each other because it's all very quite, you know, kind of cutthroat in, the, in their industry because it's, you know, they, they, it, I don't know that it's more competitive than ours, but there's there's definitely a perception that there's more it's more competitive, and therefore your your colleagues they may be your friends, but when it comes to work they're your enemies. <laughs> so you don't <laughs> give up with me. And it's and and it's not like that in 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 our community. Yeah, is it? And that's yeah, that's one of the things that I think Linda and I it was important to us in writing the book was to um, you know in the beginning part of the book we talk a bit about what really, what is networking really? And we sort of have this, this part where we compare people's perceptions with how we would prefer to think of networking. And it really is, you know, more about being supportive and, you know, collaborative and um, basically that idea that, you know, a rising tide lifts every boat, right? That we're mm -hmm. in this together and that we can all help one another and do better individually and collectively. And so that just that attitude, I think it's something that you do find um, that that sort of positive attitude is something that you find with a lot of editors and that generosity. And it really, it's just so much better for you as an individual business person um, and just for the community when, when that's, the approach that you take. And I think yeah. that's part of what we wanted to get across was like, you don't have to feel isolated and like, you know, you're in this kind of competition. There's, there's a lot of work, there's a lot of opportunity and we all do better when we help one another. It's a very human, that. very human attitude. Yeah. I do. I do love that expression, you know, a rising tide raises all boats. I just mm. think it really encapsulates such a lot about, um, the editing community and how I think many of us like to to think about our our work and our approach to our colleagues mm -hmm. so so what strikes me is that this really isn't forced is it it's it's a much more organic approach and so I'm assuming that you think that there are advantages to this method rather than going out there and tackling it like some kind of you know advanced military campaign <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, I, I think that you know, networking is not about instant gratification, but that expectation of instant results is actually, I think, what drives a lot of the negative networking behavior that you know people sometimes 
see and they're just like, oh, I don't, I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be that way. And it's one of the things that makes people feel uncomfortable about trying to network is because they're afraid of, you know, how they're going to be perceived or they just, they're only familiar with that very sort of um, old school sort of, I don't know, hobnobbing sort of (laughs) networking, (laughs) right? And so, um, but that said, you know, you can still be intentional about how you network, but interact in a very real and meaningful way with people. And one of the things that we talk about is how to assess your business goals and then use them as a guide for your networking efforts. So that way you're not just randomly networking, trying to connect with anybody, but you're thoughtfully building a network um, and so in that way, I guess it could be like a campaign, but more like mm. a campaign of happiness, you know, like a campaign, <laughs> oh, <that>. sorry. A campaign <laughs> you know. with a hug. Oh, that's yes. lovely. <laughs> I like the campaign yes. of happiness idea. Yeah, I really so do I. Like that. yeah. That's life, isn't it though? That's a good life. That's yeah, what we try to is. do. Life is sometimes feels like a campaign, but it's, it's about feeling comfortable and good and happy, you know, rather than being... A battle and, exactly. and, and bloody warfare, you know. So. <laughs> Basically, what we talked about, you know, I can't remember the last time I felt competitive towards a fellow editor about a project. I don't think I felt that in years. And I think it's also because, you know, when we're networking, it just becomes when you're networking, and you're getting results. It just becomes second nature. It's part of your like everyday behavior. So we don't want people to feel like we're using or we're abusing connections. And I definitely never want to come across as salesy to anybody. Um, And what we do find though, and I find in my own experience when people try to connect with me is that the ones that do have that salesy approach are the ones that don't get good results. So like Brittany Mm -hmm. said, you have to have, it's in your best interest to have a plan based on your business goals, but also, you know, going back to who we are as people, And what's going to work for me now, because one of the things to keep in mind is that as our lives change and, you know, our goals change, our business goals change, our networking has to fluctuate and it has to change. It really has to be dynamic. And um, I can tell you that the way I used to network before 2019 is very different than the way I network today. So we've all had to adapt. Yeah. So let's talk about money. (laughs) Money and networking, because paid versus free is something that comes up all the time in the international editorial community, whether we're talking about our client work, our professional associations, and even certain types of marketing. And yet some say that volunteering is the new networking superpower. So do you think it's true? Oh, yes. It's a secret, but it's a superpower. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. You know, volunteering in professional organizations has been a big part of how Linda and I have both developed our networks. Um, But we actually weren't thinking about networking when we started volunteering. We we were volunteering because we cared about, um, about whatever we were involved in. So like for me, I volunteer outside of editing, you know, I volunteer with various um, animal, um, you know, rescue groups. Um, And I know Linda does other volunteering as well. But like when it comes to professional network, sorry, professional organization volunteering, you know, we both are active in 
I've been active in the diversity initiative and in other um, editing groups. And at first we were just, you know, that's just something that was important to us. And then it's only later that we've realized, hey, you know, we really have met so many more people and just feel so much more a part of our editing community since we've been volunteering. And that and, must come, oh, sorry, sorry. No, you, go ahead. Well, I was just thinking that, that and once you get known, then you're more likely to be on someone's radar when they're thinking, oh, you know what, I really need to, I can't do this work right now. Um, I'm trying to think of someone who would be a good fit for this. If you're known right. and you're visible through your volunteering, your, mm -hmm. even if it's your professional volunteering, you're more likely to be top of mind. So by, by the so. work you're doing and the interest you have, you automatically end up, you know, without even trying, just making right. yourself more visible, which is great. You do, and I think another thing that's great about volunteering, especially for newer editors, is that, you know, a lot of times we don't have the opportunity, especially when you're first starting out, to show what you can do. Mm. Um, get those first um, opportunities can be difficult to come by. And one of the great things about volunteering is that you have the opportunity to show other people you know, your work ethic, the quality mm -hmm. of your work, you know, how you're solution oriented, all that kind of thing, you can demonstrate and, you know, while helping a good cause. And it's a chance for people to get to know you, not just as a person, but as a potential colleague, as a potential, mm -hmm. you know, hire or referral. And, and I think that that's a great thing about volunteering is that you can contribute no matter where you are in your career everybody has something to offer and, and you never know what great friendships or relationships or business opportunities can come out of it and oh, all the time so you're true. showing yeah. not telling oh you took the words out of my mouth there harmby oh, sorry you know, <laughs> you know, it's a little fiction thing of mine oh i was just sorry about to see that and you stole my thunder uh, oh never mind great minds yes exactly but it's, it is so true that you know by by just being visible and putting yourself out there in volunteering roles you're showing people you're demonstrating you know, lots of skills, even if you're not consciously doing that, you know, by doing whatever volunteering it is, you're, you're, you're you know, just putting yourself out there. Showing you're engaged, aren't yeah, you? Exactly. Like you're, you're, you're engaged and, and people are more likely to trust people who come across as engaged rather than disinterested or in it for some of they, you know, their own agenda. So um, definitely. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it shows commitment so much. I, you know, I have to be on, we have to be honest with you guys, but when we, um, <laughs> When we wrote the book, volunteering was not a chapter in the book. And what ended up happening is that as we were revising, we would talk so much about volunteering, you know, these little tidbits in every single chapter <laughs> that mm -hmm. it was clear by the end of our first round that volunteering needed to be its own chapter. And the more we looked back on the volunteer work we were both doing, it really dawned on us that a lot of the projects that we get and the ones that we love, you know, that we love doing and that are actually financially successful for us have come from referrals from someone that we've met while volunteering. Yeah, so, yeah. and, you know, going back um, to what we talked about before we started recording, but had I not volunteered for the EFA conference in 2019 and set up that registration desk, I would have not seen Louise come down the stairway you know, and come and register for the conference. All on my own. 
I was oh. all on my own. And then I oh. wasn't. And then I wasn't. Exactly. You know, so that because was, of Linda. You know, volunteering at that event really paid off I think yeah. in the long run too and yeah we might have not have been having this conversation now if you and I hadn't met because we wouldn't have yes. had that initial relationship whereby we could reach out to each other and say you know how about it kind of thing yes um, you, and that's that's a really good point as well like that 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 meeting was I think like you say in 2019 or was it 2018 it could have even been but anyway it was a few years back and it's a good reminder that the work you do today whether it's volunteering or some other kind of networking opportunity you might end up reaping rewards for that much further down the road but that doesn't matter and and in a sense networking is a bit like a sort of non but it can be digital, but it's a form of content marketing in a way. It's the same principle. It's about Mm -hmm. building trust and engaging with people and and finding solutions to things so that that people come to to understand why you're worth having on board in whatever capacity that means. It's also interesting because we, I think this is quite timely because there has been a conversation in um, some professional organizations about whether um, they should use volunteers or not, yes. or whether everybody should be paid. Mm-hmm. And and I know the CIEP has, you know, thought very carefully about the role that volunteers have to have to contribute and if if they should want to. And and I think reminding people that volunteering has many benefits to it, um, you know, for their business um is is a good way of, you know, sort of framing that you know, you may be giving your time and it's much appreciated, but it has benefits for you as well that you may not expect at the oh. time that you can anticipate. But just by putting yourself, you've got to be in the arena, haven't you? You've got to be there to, yeah, right. to be able to benefit from these potential connections you can make. Got to be in it to win it. Exactly. And volunteering <laughs> is a very non-threatening way of networking because yeah. you're doing it entirely on your own terms, aren't you? Yeah. It's something you have chosen to do and um, because it's something that you're interested in. Yeah, definitely. Right. And it's a good opportunity to to get to not just to get to know other editors, but also to con- continue your kind of professional education, because mm-hmm. I know for Linda and I, you know, being like in the diversity initiative, for example, it was just a great learning opportunity because you're you're educating yourself. Um, so there's just, I guess, like Denise was saying, there's just so many different benefits that come through volunteering. And, and so I want to just add, by the way, that mm-hmm. in reality, the reaps of volunteering is what you're giving back to the community, not so much what you're taking, but. As you're giving back, you also have an opportunity to, you know, to receive as well. So, mm, yeah, definitely. You do, but it's that old thing: what goes around comes around. You know, um, mm. it's a, it's a, it's an old cliche, but it's it's true. Sometimes the, true. the, the you know, people when when people when you give to people, you become trusted, and so they're more likely to want to give back. So, mm-hmm. um, and there's, mm-hmm. I don't think we should be ashamed of, of the idea that we benefit as well as uh, as it. We don't have to be. Um, just just on the the giving there's nothing there's nothing wrong with with benefiting from doing good yes. work right yes, exactly yeah. yeah so if if you could give people just one piece of advice about networking from the book what would it be 
So for me, I think the piece of advice would be don't be afraid to be yourself and to connect with people in a way that's natural and comfortable for you. I think lots of times we we can kind of get down on ourselves about, oh, why aren't you more outgoing in this way or that way? But I would say your strength is who you are, is being yourself. That's what you bring to any situation. And that's really what people connect with. So have you know, have the courage to be yourself. Nicely said. Yeah. 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 I think it's what we talked about before, you know, be honest with yourself, with who you are, with what you can do, be brave. Um, Nothing ever grows in the comfort zone. Isn't that the saying? The comfort zone is a beautiful place when nothing ever grows there. So (laughs) be willing to step a little bit out of your comfort zone. There's nothing to lose if you reach out in a genuine and kind way. And um, another piece of advice of the book is networking doesn't have to be a path that you, you know, go on solo. You're not the Mandalorian having to go out there and fight <laughs> off the worlds on your own. You can mm-hmm. like team up with other people and network together and, you know, do the work of the book together and grow together. So it is something networking in itself and going out there doesn't have to be a solo experience. Denise and I have talked about this before, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and put out a similar piece of advice on, on for, for people who are nervous about or, or feel feel marketing is a struggle there's nothing better than if you're if, if it, you find it overwhelming one really good tip whether it's any type of marketing including networking that's such a good point Linda is you know do it with someone else I mean look Denise and Denise and I would never have done this podcast on our own no never <laughs> we wouldn't no we, way you know there was there were certain things we will do on our own like we were both in our comfort zone with vlogs but a podcast that was a different thing and that was that was something that happened organically as a result of our networking relationship and um and and we're grateful for it because it's yes. fabulous we love the podcast <laughs> everybody every editor i know loves this podcast so Oh, that's so nice. That's partly because of some of the wonderful guests we get. Exactly. Yeah. Let's hope we get some next time because these two aren't working out, are they? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, just that's such a good point, though. Just to reiterate that, you know, if you're nervous about doing something or or or, uh, doing some form of some some form of networking, see if you can grab a pal and take someone along with you for the ride because Mm -hmm. um, people love doing stuff with other people. Yeah, it's fun. So yeah. can we return back to the book for just a moment? Because it is rather beautiful and it really does have a workbook feel about it. That's what I loved about it. It's not just a cosy read. It's a warm read. It's an engaging read, but it's it's also a call to action. Yes, it, it's when we started writing it, it was really just a book. And then Brittany and I are both note takers and I'm the one that writes in the margins of every single book I have with my notes and my ideas and things that I need to develop <laughs> further. So we knew that we need to have space here for people to write down their ideas and where they wanted to go and take their business. Um, so it really invites, I think the book is really inviting um, and helps you connect and do the work, you know, with other people. And like I said before, just really growing your network in a natural way. Mm-hmm. I think you've nailed yeah. it. And we, you know, it's kind of interesting because we've actually heard from some readers that they're like they're working through the book as part of their mastermind group or study group. And that was so exciting for, for us to learn because that's, you know, that's kind of what we envisioned. We we love this idea of doing things together. I mean, Linda and I have had this, this partnership and, you know, in writing the book. And the book is another example where 
I think on our own, neither of us would have really been ready to, <laughs> to go this route. Um, but doing it with a partner that you trust and that, you oh. know, you, you can kind of step out into sort of the, the scary places together. And um, that's really been a benefit for us. So I hope that that's something, you know, that the book will encourage other people to do that as well. I love that. That must be so wonderful for you to hear that people are actually using it as a tool. It was exciting. Yeah. 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 I think that's a lovely note for us to finish on there. Yeah. So that's it for this week. Thank you so much, Brittany and Linda. It's been absolutely brilliant having you on the podcast this week. It really has. This has been great. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Oh, you're so welcome. So we hope you've enjoyed this episode. You can rate, review and subscribe to us via Apple Podcasts, Spotify or whichever platform you prefer. Yeah, and thank you so much for listening. Um, now, if you'd like to help support the editing podcast, you can join our Patreon community for as little as £3 a month and get exclusive access to live Q&As for just a few quid more. Yeah, we'd absolutely love to have you on board. So if you're interested, just hop over to patreon.com forward slash editing podcast. We'll include that link in the show notes too. So she's been Louise. And she's been Denise. And they've been Brittany and Linda. Join us again soon. Bye. Bye.